wherever you are in this beautiful world, a warm welcome to Desi Sportscast, um, the cricket show on a Saturday. And um, it's really good to have your continued support, really welcome it. And it's a warm welcome to the main person, uh, Prasant. Good afternoon to you. How are you, my friend? Uh, good morning to you, Bharat. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, hopefully, the situation has improved in UK since the last time we spoke, but uh, thanks for having me again. No, it's absolutely um, awesome to have you on, as always. And um, it, it, it's one of the highlights of my weeks at the moment because of uh, what's happening. But like you say, things are turning around here. Um, we've got a big... Uh, press conference on Monday where the Prime Minister is going to set out a roadmap of um, how we're going to come out. Hopefully, um, you know, it will happen this time permanently without any further issues, but uh, vaccinations are going really well and the mood just seems a little bit more optimistic. We just hope that um, this is the end of the, or we, you know, the long tunnel that we've been through. And uh, after the press conference on Monday, hopefully we'll have some things to look forward to, although I don't expect anything to be anywhere near as normal till April. I think we've got another month of some sort of restrictions, but um, at least we're on the right path. How, how's uh, your week been? How are you? And how's uh, everything back home? Yeah, I think I think it's all good. Uh, we're currently rolling out our second batch of vaccines uh, here in Karnataka as we speak. So, um, but on the cricketing front, I think uh, it's been a great week uh, because obviously after that first test that we lost, uh, we came back really well to win the second test. Um, and then, uh, you know, the highly anticipated IPL option uh, didn't live up to all its billing despite being just a mini option. So uh, it's been a good week, a hectic week, uh, week so to say. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what we get in sport and uh, any hectic day is always welcome. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah, when I was looking uh, uh, for topics, obviously, there's always a lot to talk about in the cricketing world, um, especially with India and um, a lot of um, uh, points to take your views on. Um, obviously, the fantastic win, and we'll talk about that, the mini auction. But the, I, there's only one place I can start, really. And um, I've said this often that, you know, a lot of people don't appreciate how much of an impact you have on uh, the cricketing fraternity back home but even by your standards and they're very high standards for you to get a team to spend 40, over 14 crore I think it was was close to one and a half million dollars or something on a player how did you do that how did you manage to well I know how you managed to persuade them you've been saying you know we need this player but uh, that is some influence my friend well, uh, to, to be very honest, I think you're, you're, you're way too kind when you say all of this. But, uh, I mean, I'll be very honest when it comes to uh, Glenn Maxwell joining RCB. I think it was wishful thinking to even start off thinking about Maxwell joining. Because, um, as I've said multiple times on the show. Oh, I think you've just frozen there. Can we get you back on? I think you've just frozen on your fr full flow. Yeah, you're back. I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah, you, I can hear you. You're back. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, the, talking about 14.5 crores is a little too much. So, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, getting back to uh, Maxwell, obviously it was wishful thinking on all of our parts. I think, um, you know, I've been a Maxwell fanboy for as long as I can even remember. Um, and I've been wanting to have Maxwell and RCB for a long, long time. So, uh, and that's exactly this. The type of player you know that RCB wanted because after number four, uh, RCB didn't have a number five and number six with uh, Chris Morris gone, Moin Ali gone. So it was a it was a matter of getting that explosive batsman, and I, I don't think there were too many options other than Maxwell that was that were there in the auction in um, in some sense. So uh, it was expected that RCB will go very big for Maxwell, and it's good to see that uh, you know they did uh, go big and everyone deserves you know everyone's very happy. Hopefully the big show shows up this season. Um, he hasn't really set IPL on fire by his very lofty standards otherwise. But hopefully he has a good season because um, RCB certainly need that uh, explosive power apart from Kohli and ABD. So, looking forward to what Maxwell brings to the table and obviously Kyle Jamison also will probably talk about uh, the latest stage. 
I think you're being a little bit modest here. I think um, you have had a lot to do with this. And um, who was who was lifting the pedal, by the way, for RCB in the auction? Yeah, that was uh, Mr. Anand Kripalu. Um, he's uh, he's the one who manages RCB basically. So he takes care of the business side of things. So he was the one lifting the pedal. So he was the one that had the um, earphone um, plugged into your phone, uh, listening to you to say, keep putting the paddle up, keep putting the paddle up. Because to go from a base price of, I think it was around two crore, his base price, to go for 14, because he, there was a bit, quite a bit of um, auction going on for him. It was very tense at mom, uh, some moments, and you thought, RCB, oh, they're going to push the boat out. But your line, have, thankfully, stayed um in and uh, it, you didn't lose um, any uh, network or anything and they kept listening to you and they kept putting the paddle up. Um, did you fear that they might not and they'll lose out at any point when you saw the price going up to certain that extent or did you think that's a price worth paying for a player that you really wanted in RCB? Well, again, I, I think you're being you're just being too kind. Uh, but to, to give you the real cricketing logic behind why I thought Maxwell would end up in RCB, uh, you know, there were only going to be three teams that would bid for him, CSK, Kings 11 and obviously RCB. Uh, because CSK needed that type of an off-spinner who would give them that firepower because they let go of Budgie, they let go of, um, you know, they let go of their spin contingent from last season and they had only leg spinners in their side. So, it was only going to be CSK, it was going to be RCB because they needed that middle-order push and it was going to be Kings and Punjab because they pretty much needed everyone they could get from the auction. So, uh, you know, it, it was going to be these three teams and Kingsland Punjab probably didn't want to back Maxwell after the season he had last time. So, it was going to be a, a, a two-way battle between CSK and RCB and eventually, obviously, RCB did have more money than CSK. So, uh, it was always going to be a case of how much we were going to spend for Maxwell. Um, and uh, 14 point, I mean, 14 crores is a big amount, but, um, you know, obviously, uh, what Maxwell brings to the table is his X-factor and that's exactly what Hessen was also saying that uh, they were looking out for that X-Factor player and they got in the form of Maxwell. So, uh, he just needs to perform and hopefully he shrugs off all that poor form from the past few IPL seasons and uh, he does really well in IPL 2021. Uh, you do realise now that he has to perform for you because obviously the pressure is on you as well now. Uh, yeah, with absolutely. The spent. <laughs> so, um, no doubt, no doubt. How he plays in IPL 14 will be interesting because that association for me will be with yourself and nobody else, not even Virat or the management. I think this is this one's down to you, RCB fans. Um, but uh, they, they, they really pushed the boat out on Carl Jameson as well. I mean, you've got uh, Nabdev Saini and Mohamed Siraj, and, but they really pushed the boat out and spent big on trying to get him as well. Yeah, I think before the auction, you know, a lot of talk was around these uh, fast bowlers who could bat a bit. And we saw what the likes of Jai Richardson, um, you know, obviously he did in the Big Bass League. And there's no surprise that he went for that amount. And obviously, Chris Morris, uh, with his experience and the way he's been doing in the last few IPL seasons, he was expected to go for big money. And I think that's the power of social media in some sense. You know, if you hype up a player as much as you do, uh, IPL teams are always going to be on the lookout for such players because they want that sort of PR associated with that player. So. Um, and, you know, Mike Hessen obviously knows New Zealand cricket in and out. Um, Kyle Jamieson comes from New Zealand. And uh, so, he would have obviously been a huge influential factor behind getting Jamieson in RCB. So, um, you know, but in some sense, I think, uh, to be very honest, I'm not very confident of what he brings to the table in terms of uh, cricket outside New Zealand. Um, because Kyle Jamieson, whatever cricket we've seen him play, has completely been in New Zealand. And, um, uh, and that too is a test format. So, Hopefully, he comes good in the in the T20 and obviously, considering that the IPL might be held in Mumbai, you know, a lot of uh, variables will be involved. And uh, But Mike Hessen really knows his cricket. So, I'm confident of uh, what Jameson brings to the table, but how that will be useful in India is something that we'll really need to watch out for. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I can't see them playing um, three paces in any T20 game, but I suppose uh, they'll do rotation with uh, Mohamed Siraj and uh, Navdeep. Uh, but just looking overall uh, for RCB and how the auction went, I know you got your main man, uh, but um, how do you think the uh, the other players coming in? Uh, a lot of um, uh, local players, Indian players, um, maybe you can tell us about the reasoning behind getting them. Um, I think the obvious name is um, Sachin uh, Baby. Mohamed Azruddin, um, what do you think of the overall business RCB did and those players that they brought in locally? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know in what sense they went about their uh, their pitch because you know social media was abuzz with uh, comments saying Sachin, Nazruddin, and Virat Kohli will be playing the same team. <laughs> uh, you know, so all these sort of memes started coming up, and that's the beauty of cricket. But uh, on a serious note, I think Mohammad Nazruddin is a very very good talent. Um, he's opened the batting for Kerala, scored a century in the Sai Mustakali Trophy. So um, he's looked in good form, and uh, he can produce the fireworks at the bat. Sachin maybe is the next RCB player. Uh, you know, he hasn't really been very consistent in the domestic circuit, but uh, he gives you that left-hand batting option in the middle order. And I think, in some sense, RCB was just trying to beef up their uh, middle order batting, but at the same time, they wanted backup for someone like Devdar Padikal or even in that number three, number four position. Um, if in case you know Kohli and Villiers don't really fire, uh, which hopefully is not the case, but uh, they were looking for those sort of options. And Suryash Prabhupada who they also got, um, he's from Goa. Uh, he's he's only I think the third uh, cricketer after Shadab Jakati and Anastuk Majumdar to play from Goa. So um, he's a big hitter, lower lower order big hitter, and uh, he also bowls some handy medium pace. Uh, Rajat Patidar is a very good batsman from Madhya Pradesh. Again, uh, he did score 90 odd in one Sirmusta Kali match. Very big hitter, and uh, he can basically float up and down the order. So uh, some very interesting buys over there. Obviously, Indian contingent. Um, it's, it's not like they'll get to play too many matches, but. Uh, even K.S. Bharat, who they got uh, for base prize, a wicketkeeper batsman who who has been with the Indian team. Um, so quite a few interesting buys in some sense. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they feel these uncapped players because uh, uncapped players, if they click for you, nothing like it. But uh, if they fail, then all the blame is going to end up on the team. So uh, very interesting. Uh, Sachin Baby is not Arjun Tendulkar for those who are watching. Um, Arjun Tendulkar is <laughs> a different player, and isn't it ironic that he was the last player who ended up in the auction? I mean. Uh, everyone was waiting for him, and they they made everyone wait. And towards the end, Arjun Tendulkar name came up, and all the cameras just panned out uh, on Zaheer Khan, and he was like, "All right, we take him." <laughs> so that that was quite fun. I mean, yeah, it, uh, it was a, it was a very fun auction in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about Arjun as well because that was a, a done deal from the start, like we mentioned last time, and um, the money is irrelevant. Uh, we knew. Uh, he was going to go, but and I'll talk. Well, let's talk about him now because I mean, over a thousand players were registered. Only I don't know about three hundred or something or two hundred made the cut for the auction, but he was one of them. A uh, bit of influence there. Well, I mean, in some sense, I think uh, it was always a foregone conclusion that Arjun Tendulkar would somehow feature in the Mumbai Indian side. It was just a matter of need, him needing to play. A uh, couple of domestic matches for Mumbai, right? Because if he didn't have any um, experience, then uh, the Mumbai Indians management would have been trolled uh, to their uh, wits end to actually like make sense of why they even got him in the team. But uh, he did make his debut. Um, he is a part of the Vijayasare team as well, so uh, I think they were waiting for him to get that experience. And uh, once he does, um, you know, obviously, you know, he brings in that left-arm angle. Zaheer mm-hmm. Khan also in a post-option press conference spoke about. The skill that Arjun has, um, he did uh, he did hit five sixes in an over in tournaments before the auction. So he has certainly got the skill. Um, there is no doubt that he's probably going to be the face of nepotism uh, for the next few years in the IPL. But uh, that's what Rohan Gavaskar was for uh, the first yeah. few years of his career, and unfortunately, um, his career really spiraled downwards from there. So uh, just hoping that doesn't happen with Arjun Tendulkar. People need to cut him some slack. Uh, he obviously comes in with some talent. So. Hopefully, when given the opportunity, he takes it with both hands and uh, puts on a good show. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point. You know, we have a few jokes and laughs about um, him being. You have to give him slack. It it, it can't be easy being the son of Sachin um, and the history that his dad has. So, and like you say, yeah, there will be other talk around him. And yeah, we have fun, but um, yeah, you got to give him some slack. He's a young man trying to make his way, make his own name. He's a different sort of player to his dad. Um, But even, I just thought about it while you were talking there, you know, um, in terms of back in the day, we used to have a lot of father and sons and brothers playing, but it doesn't happen a lot now. I think Rohan Gavaska was the big name, last, the last big name I would have, in my head, that comes immediately because you mentioned it. Uh, but uh, Arjun is the next one. Um, it's not easy nowadays compared to what it was back in the day to follow your dad's footsteps. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely not if you're Arjun Tendulkar because, um, you know, obviously uh, the Tendulkar name is, uh, you know, Tendulkar is pretty much referred to as God here in India. Uh, and 
it's never going to be easy for Arjun, and I think he understands that. Um, you know, obviously, uh, to fill in to fill into the footsteps of someone like that, or fill into the boots of someone like that, it's never going to be easy. And he doesn't need to. You know, he's he's a completely different player. He's not a right-hand batsman who's very stylish. He's a left-hander. He's a left-arm pacer. People should know him for what he brings to the table, rather than uh, what he can do when compared to what his father did. So. It's not right to compare two different people who bring different types of skill sets because uh, you know it's, it's absolutely incomparable. You can't compare Brian Lara to what Subban Gill is because they're completely different players, right? So uh, I hope that really doesn't happen uh, when when he plays his first match. Of course, uh, it'll probably start off like that. People might say, you know, what's he doing? He's Shanukar's son and all that. But I just hope that fizzles out because uh, he has a very very long career ahead of him. Uh, he's very very young, so. Hopefully, he does well when given the chance, and um, ideally, can't wait to see him on the field. Yeah, no, absolutely. And left armers don't grow on trees, so uh, we need to nurture yeah, them when they come through. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it will. It'll be a good addition to um, IPL 14, I think. Um, and uh, hopefully, the hype will not take over, and it'll be his talent that shines through whenever he gets a chance. But he's not got a good. He's not got a bad mentor so um yeah uh, we'll see how that progresses but just going back to what i was thinking uh w- what i was going to ask you about overall rcb made the playoffs last time um do you think they've got the squad to, to go a couple of steps further now obviously Virat put out a video saying he's happy we wouldn't accept uh, accept him to uh, uh say anything else but um what do you think of the squad that you've got yeah, I, I think we certainly do have the firepower this time. Uh, I'm just a little concerned about the backup that we might have because, um, you know, obviously Glenn Maxwell probably walked straight into the team, but uh, in the case scenario where he's injured, you know, we don't have so many backups uh, for Maxwell, um, you know, even with ABD, even with Virat Kohli. I think I'm going to revolve around these three names. Obviously, we have very good bowlers this time. We have Richardson, Zampa, we've got Daniel Sams. Uh, Kyle Jamieson. So there, in the bowling unit, they seem to be pretty good. Uh, we have quite a few backups, even for spinners. But in terms of the batting department, I think we might look a little thin in terms of backups. But uh, at the end of it, I think uh, the IPL, you know, the tournament, the way it, it runs, you know, there isn't much uh, time for you to think. And most of these players end up playing 14 matches anyway. And all of them have obviously uh, started playing full cricket. So I don't think injuries will have much of a say. Um, hopefully, uh, all the players are fit, and uh, you know, if, if we feel the, a fully strong eleven, then we certainly have a very good chance of uh, going all the way. And um, I, I do hope that because for uh, 14 years, RCB fans have waited, and hopefully, the 14 season brings some luck um, uh, with the price tag of 14 crores that Len Maxwell is worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think it, you you mentioned the players there with Kane Richardson and AB and obviously Virat and now Glenn Maxwell. I mean, if they're able to play a majority of the games, that's a pretty good, decent. I mean, obviously Dodot as well add to that as well, and um, that's a pretty good batting lineup you've got there. Um, give you a lot of hope. Um, in terms of the IPL auction itself, and um, how did you think the other teams? Who did, in your opinion, good business? and um, have bought well. Yeah, I think CSK were very clear with the way they were going to approach the auction. Uh, they just wanted two two players who can bowl off-spin and obviously contribute to the bat. And that was always going to be a, um, you know, two out of three. So they were going to pick two out of Moin Ali, Gautam or Maxwell. And uh, they got Moin Ali and Krishnapa Gautam and I think uh, they had the perfect auction in terms of what they wanted. Uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad, uh, they, they continue to build on their Afghanistan contingent by signing Mujib. Um, You know, Mumbai Indians didn't, didn't need much at all. And uh, they, they actually got back Nathan Coulton-Isle for uh, a lesser price than what he was worth. Uh, they, they got him at 5 crores. He was worth 8 crores last season. So, they've also got uh, an exciting youngster in Marco Jensen. So, uh, really looking forward to see what he brings to the table. I've heard he's a really tall man who can generate some very quick pace. And uh, as you said, left-arm paces don't grow on trees. So, he brings in that variation as well. So, I, I think all the teams have basically, they did get what they wanted. But I was a little perplexed, to be very honest, with the way the Kings and Punjab went about their auction. Because um, I, I think they, they could have pretty much gotten any player that they wanted. But, uh, uh, you know, for the likes of Chris Morris, Kyle Jamieson, um, you know, for, for Maxwell, I mean, they didn't even bid. But uh, if they wanted these players, they could have easily got them. And uh, he said that to settle with some relatively unknown names in the IPL. So, um, I'm, I'm really interested interested to see how they put up that first 11 on the field. 
um and uh, with with all the existing names in the side i think they have a good team but uh, mm. i i think in retrospect they would have probably wanted to get some others like uh, maybe chris morris or even kyle davison um in in that sense or maybe even david Ma- i mean david malan was a steal uh, he was bought mm. at base price the number one ranked t20 batsman in the world to be honest i haven't watched much of malan but uh, the hype that's been created around his batting um, he's certainly going to be a big player for them um, Although I'm not sure how he's going to feature in the starting eleven with Gale, Rahul, and Mahan Agarwal occupying the top three. So uh, very interesting to see how they build about their team. But uh, I feel they should have gone a little bit harder at some of the guys. But otherwise, it was a pretty straightforward option. Uh, nothing much to um, pick point. I mean, rather uh, narrow down and say you know probably this team could have done something different. What did uh, surprise me was uh, CSK uh, not going going down the youth or uh, upcoming or that you know potential uh, young players, and they s- still went with experience with Moinali. I, I I I take on board what you said about needing uh, that uh, type of bowler, and obviously Krishnapa made the headlines as the most expensive um, uncapped player. Again, not young. Um, uh, What's what's the thought process behind that? Because it's not long term, and I was surprised with Moin Ali's price as well. Yeah, I think that's exactly what uh, what they were looking for. You know, obviously it's not a long term prospect of uh, signing both of them. Um, they, it's only going to be for a year. I don't think either of them will be retained for sure. Uh, you know, I, I mean, unless they have like a fantastic season, but they've already got the likes of Dhoni, Raina. I, I mean, I don't know if Dhoni is going to play the next the season that that's after this, but uh, they've got some very big names. They've got Faf Tuplesi. They've got um, you know obviously Deepak, <laughs> Deepak Sahar, Sadul Thakur, Amati Rayu. They've got some decent names over there. Ravindra Jadeja. So obviously you know Sam Karan. So they're probably going to retain Karan, Jadeja, and uh, Raina, and maybe RTM two other players. If Dhoni is not playing, if Dhoni is playing, they're going to have to change. So. It's all a matter of one year, and that's why I think all teams decided, okay, fine, you know, we're going to surge on certain players because it's again just going to be a year, and uh, the retaining policy for next season is going to be very uniform. Uh, they're not going to need to retain players depending on uh, the price tag that they paid them for the season. So I think in that sense, teams were happy to shell out um, how much of a money they could to get the type of player that they wanted. And I think in that sense, each and every team got really what they wanted. You know, uh, RR were looking for a seam bowling all-rounder who could complement Jofra Archer, and uh, they got that in Chris Morris. You know, RCB wanted that X-factor player in the middle order. They got Maxwell. CSK wanted that off-spinning all-rounder. They got Ali and Gautam. So I, I think in some sense, every team uh, pretty much got what they wanted. And uh, despite the huge tag uh, that goes with all these players, I think it's just for a year, so it, it didn't really matter to all these teams. Uh, two players, uh, another one with CSK, uh, Cheteshwar. Um, were you surprised that he, after a few years out of the RPL, came back in for CSK? Again, um, unusual for me to, to to say they've added him uh, to the squad. I'm happy. He's a fellow Gujarati, obviously, but um, that was a surprise for me. I think it was a very touching moment uh, that uh, you know they did pick Pujara. Obviously, uh, Pujara did make it pretty clear a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to be a part of the IPL and obviously he hasn't been there for a long time uh, so in some sense i think it was a very good touch from csk that uh, they they made that opening bid for pujara uh, you know obviously you can consider anyone a test specialist but uh, in this age of cricket uh, you know every player can adapt to all sorts of situations and uh, it'd be only a matter of time before pujara um, you know we see what pujara can bring to the table in ipl obviously he's a fantastic test cricketer but um i i mean obviously you know pujara won't feature in the starting 11 because there are probably others who are uh who are already there in the team for certain roles but if pujara does pitch feature in that 11 i'm sure he'll he'll put up a good show but a very good touch from csk and uh, i was very glad to see pujara getting on contract and i think it was visible all throughout the auction room you know people were clapping despite it being just a 50 lakh bid so uh, that's what pujara really means to indian cricket and uh, good to see that he finally got a team and hopefully if he gets a chance he can really shine And it's one thing you can't deny. CSK are very sentimental. Uh, they do uh, look after their players. They they don't change much, and they uh, like the old guard. So uh, I'm glad you gave that angle to it. But it was a surprise. Another surprise for me was uh, Steve Smith. I'm really glad he went to my boys, obviously. Um, and we've not talked about the Capitals, but I thought the um, the boy uh, the the players they brought in in terms of Umesh and um, Curran and Billings. 
Um, I, I thought they had a good auction, but the big surprise for me was that um, nobody bid for Steve Smith. Yeah, it was a very big surprise. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be very honest when I say this. I don't think I, I wasn't expecting Steve Smith to go anywhere up. I mean, above maybe uh, a maximum for, for around four crore because uh, Steve Smith hasn't exactly excelled in the IPL like uh, you know you probably want him to. Um, he hasn't really had really good credentials in the T20 format. Uh, he's been a little hot and cold in some sense. Uh, you know, he hasn't really performed as per expectations as as to what he does in ODI and Test cricket. So. Uh, not much of a surprise over there, uh, but obviously, what is the surprise is the cost that he went for this 2.2 crore. Uh, there wasn't much of interest in Steve Smith, but uh, again, you know, considering the considering the way that the Delhi Capitals are built, you know, they have they have a lot of Indian talent in that batting order. So I'm not exactly sure where Steve Smith is going to fit into the scheme of things. Um, if they decide to drop someone like Prithvi Shaw, maybe then you know Steve Smith could probably fit into that. Uh, lower middle order ish. If uh, you know someone like Rahane opens with Davan, and then you've got Smith, and then Ayer, and then Pant. But uh, again, you've got someone like Marcus Connors. So where you're going to play him is also going to be a question. So uh, a lot of combinations, uh, combinations for uh, Delhi. Um, I don't. I mean, uh, Pat Zindal even after the uh, after they bought Smith, said he was really flabbergasted at. Uh, the fact that really no one bid for Steve Smith, I think he wanted some competition, but uh, that that wasn't there from anywhere. So uh, definitely a surprise, but I'm not too sure how he fits into Delhi's scheme of things. Uh, we'll probably just need to wait and watch that. Uh, but you'll make a good partnership with uh, Ricky there. Um, I think uh, that combination will obviously help uh, the Capitals. So I'm happy with that as well. And uh, then have to um, pay huge money to get him. But in terms of uh, any players that were unsold, uh, any surprises for you in that category? Um, I mean, uh, probably not. You know, uh, I, I was thinking someone like Hanuma Vihari would get like a contract at base price. Um, you know, obviously he has been decent in. Uh, Limited overs cricket, obviously, he's now viewed as a test specialist, but uh, he's been sort of decent in limited overs. So, I think uh, his was probably a surprise. Uh, maybe someone like, I mean, Aaron Finch again hasn't set IPL on fire, so it wasn't really a surprise that he went unsold. Um, although Michael Clark made no small remarks of uh, Aaron Finch being unsold, and uh, he went all, all gaga over all the IPL franchises saying, how can you disrespect a player? Of, that's what the IPL is, you know. There are so many options out there. Uh, if you don't perform one season, it's just perform or perish. So that's what's happened with Finch. And um, if he probably has a good year and has a good big bash league, then someone's going to go for him next season. But he had a horrible big bash league uh, season just previous to this, so no surprises that he went on. So, so I think in some sense, um, everyone who was expected to go for, uh, I mean, find a team pretty much did uh, manage to land a spot and. Uh, no real surprises, uh, in, in my opinion. And do you think it's reflective of the game of T20 that the big hitters are maybe at the start in the opening slot? Because when you look like uh, at the likes of um, uh, Alex Ailes and Jason Roy, and you mentioned Aaron Finch not being taken up even even at the base price, does that tell you of the way T20 cricket is now turning slightly towards? Because um, England have got a brilliant opening partnership there in Hales and Roy, and uh, uh, but they they were left out as well. Yeah, for some reason I don't know. I mean, England openers never seem to be uh, getting a bid in the IPL. I think Lyon Livingston was very uh, lucky to get a bid from the Rajasthan Royals, uh, but of course that comes after a fantastic season for the first quarters in the Big Bash League, but. Uh, I mean, I think if you look at it, if you look at the dynamics that were there before the auction, you know, no no team really needed a foreign opener in some sense, you know. Otherwise, um, obviously, Alex Hayes would have been in high demand. Uh, even Jason Roy, after the way they performed in the big bash, so I I think they probably just need to wait a year and see how their luck pans out for the next season because it's going to be a very big auction. It's going to be a mega auction. Um, the teams will need to start, uh, you know, rebranding and uh, you know they'll sort of need to figure out what sort of players they want and everything will then come into picture. Here for this option, uh, no team really needed a specialist opener, uh, you know, so uh, it's not surprising that they went unsold and uh, hopefully they might get picked next season if they're in good form throughout the whole next year. And usually when they uh, introduce a new team, um, I think um, they'll probably do the uh, the bids, what, uh, after the uh, IPL? Um, 
when do you think the main auction or the big auction will be? And have they uh, advised of uh, player retention? Because you mentioned earlier they'll be different. Um, so do you know what's going to happen next year? And that's the reason why some of the players haven't been bought or some of the players have been bought for just one season. Have they talked about what's going to happen um, after IPL 14 in terms of adding a new team and how the main or big auction will happen next year? Yeah, I, I think the uh, the BCCI has disclosed the fact that they are really look, considering uh, the 10-team IPL from next season. Um, that just means that they might just go back to that uh, the tested formula of retaining, I mean, allowing teams to retain three players and RTMing two players. Uh, the right to match card with, through which they can basically get a player back at the price that he's bought at the auction. So, uh, there might be quite a few dynamics. I, obviously, if there are two new teams, it doesn't make, it doesn't, uh, it isn't fair on them to uh, see all other teams retain all their players and, you know, they're left with uh, the rest of the players who are there in the auction. So, uh, it's certainly going to be a mega auction. There's no doubt about that. I think it'll probably be after the uh, World D20 that happens. Uh, Sometime maybe around December or early January, something around that uh, that time period. But it's certainly going to be a new a mega auction if there are two new teams. But if there are if the two new teams are not uh, brought to the picture, then um, um, I mean I I still think they're going to go with the mega auction because that's what the BCCI said at least, and everyone's looking forward to that. There was there was not much buzz around this auction because as I said, you know there weren't too many big players, so. Uh, Looking forward to the IPL and uh, hopefully uh, the players who have, who have been brought at such a high base price, I mean, such a high price like Morris, Maxwell, Richardson, Jameson and uh, Gautam really perform well. Well, you know, a lot of our listeners and viewers might be thinking, why are we talking about the, why we spent the first half now talking about the IPL auction, which is a mini auction, like you say. Uh, and um, there wasn't the usual buzz or headlines, but for me, it was a lot of buzz after Maxwell. I saw the Maxwell auction, um, and uh, that was my headline for the week. And um, why it became a big, bigger event for me is because of that one deal and your association with it. And that's why we spent uh, the first part of this show talking about the IPL and your influence, more to the point. But obviously, the big talking point. Uh, as well this week was the really brilliant comeback win um, in the second test uh, for the boys. Um, uh, what, what were your views of um, the test match and how it panned out? And it was an easy, comfortable win. Um, I've got a few questions on the back of the bat, but give me your review first of the test. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Um, you know, I think everyone was complaining about how that pitch was very crumbly, uh, all sorts of complaints about England couldn't play spin. Uh, you know, the pitch was playing tricks. Uh, the curator should be fired. The curator should be jailed and all sorts of things. But eventually, it all came down to application, didn't it? Uh, you know, if Rohit Sharma could score 161, Rahane and Pant could score half centuries. Ashwin could score a century, you know. Why I say it in that sense is because the way he was, uh, he came under the scanner, right, until the Sydney test for his batting, and after the Sydney test, everything seems to have turned upside down for him um, yeah, in a good sense, you know, that his batting's, uh, his batting's back to the way it was. Um, I think he's batting really well. And the way he scored his century, it was fantastic application. And even Virat Kohli, uh, despite the fact that he couldn't get to his century, uh, you know, he really batted very well. And in some sense, I think the England batsman probably lacked that sort of up, uh, application. Uh, obviously, the pitch was to blame as well. It's never easy to bat uh, fourth on a, on a pitch that's uh, spitting venom like the way that pitch was. But um, application was what was uh, what really made the difference between India and England. And uh, obviously, India made the most out of the conditions at hand. Afsar Patel had a fantastic debut test. Um, and uh, so did Ashwin have a fantastic game and uh, rightfully named the man of the match for that performance. You won't be surprised to hear that all the talk was about the pitch here and the possibilities of points being docked. Uh, because the pitch was another standard. Um, the TV pundits didn't, you know, talk about that, but in the media, in the press, that was what the uh, conversation was around. Um, and it took me back to the days uh, before we had the pretty good pace um, attack, and we used to uh, prepare deliberately these pitches, dust bowls, I think the media called it, and not of a standard of a test pitch. Um, and you said, you know, that um, 
our batsman showed that that could be played on. But just playing devil's advocate, how crucial was the toss in this test match as it was in the first test match? Yeah, obviously, I mean, winning the toss was always going to be crucial because um, no team wants to bat fourth in Chennai. Um, I think any any team that wins the toss nowadays is always going to bat first uh, because uh, in any condition, you know, even if you play in England, it's never going to be easy to bat fourth. So, um, I think in some sense, the toss did obviously have a big impact. But we did see that the pitch started spin. I mean, the pitch started producing spin even on the first day. It wasn't like... Uh, it was a flat road like uh, the first Chennai surface was. And then it started playing tricks. Uh, it started spinning right from the first day. So, uh, in some sense, it was very important to win the toss. And for Rohit Sharma to play the aggressive innings that he did and give India a good platform was very important because we did lose Shubman Gil early. And um, later on, it was Rahane and Pant who gave us that sort of um, very good uh, base sort of towards the end. So, uh, it was very important for the Indian batsman to score big early on. And uh, on a pitch like that, 300 350 always going to be a good score. So, that's what India got and uh, that eventually proved to make all the difference. You mentioned the, the toss uh, and the, the fact that even in England, you know, the green pitches, it, it, it plays a factor. But I don't think it plays as a bigger factor as it does if it's got a pitch, if you're playing on a pitch like uh, there was in Chennai. And I'm just thinking of your views on whether we should be preparing pitches that are dependent on tosses as much. In India, considering we've got a good uh, pace attack, we've got the spinners, we've got we've got all the you know, uh, permutations that we can play on pretty much any pitch, as we showed in Australia as well, and we've got the bench strength to do that. Um, so, do you think, in any way, some of the criticism around the pitch is justified? Uh, I don't think they were. I'm going to put my cards uh, on the table here, and I think Ashwin said it in his press conference that when they go out and play in these uh, conditions abroad, they never mention the conditions. You know, even if they lose the Test match in three days because it's so green and swinging in England, or if it's hard and uh, pacey in uh, Brisbane, although that's not happened recently. But you know, in the past. Um, but do you have um, any sort of uh, views on whether we should be preparing those sort of pitches that are dependent so much on the toss? and uh, become three-day test matches rather than four or five? Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, now that you bring, it, bring that up, it, it reminded me of uh, conversations that were happening on Twitter, you know, whenever, I mean, on basically on the fourth day, um, everyone was, was basically hoping that the test match would sort of extend on the fifth day because they didn't want England preparing uh, an absolute road or an absolute garden at the Lords for the World Test Championship because... That, that's certainly not going to favor India. So, in some sense, I think obviously, you know, when, when you come to a host nation, uh, the conditions are certainly going to suit um, the home team because obviously they know the conditions better, they know the soil better, um, and, uh, you know, the, the surface uh, overall, you know, the host obviously knows it better. So, uh, I'm not too sure if, if you should criticize the pitch as much as, uh, uh, you know, people should, shouldn't criticize the pitch as much as they have. Um, because ultimately, it, all, it also comes down to a matter of luck, right? Because if you see, especially if you see Joe Root's dismissal in the second innings, um, there was nothing he could do about that ball. Mm. Um, absolutely um, fantastic delivery from Master Patel, really bounced up, went off the glove to Rahani, and no one really celebrated because it was all down to the pitch. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, he, he, he got right to the pitch of the ball and tried to defend it, but there was nothing he could do. So, Eventually, the toss did play a huge factor because uh, England did bat fourth uh, and by that time, the pitch had absolutely died. There was nothing on that surface. It was all spin. It was all basically explosions on the pitch and um, there was nothing England could do. And once India put up that second inning score, it was all a matter of how long India would take to uh, sort of skittle out England. Yeah, and uh, I think even Virat, uh, it took him a couple of minutes to uh, uh, try and figure out how he got out to that ball from Moin as well. <laughs> Um, but uh, you mentioned the Lord's pitch. Uh, I think the World Test Championship is in July. So we should be uh, in our middle of our English summer. So it might be not possible to do a green one, a green wicket, unless they water it a hell of a lot. But I th I'm hoping it'll be the ICC curators rather than the ECB curators. Yeah. But we'll see. But it also shows the positivity from you that continues in the sense that India will be there in Lourdes. So I'm going to be making plans now on the back of that alone. <laughs> uh, but um, we have to mention Ashwin's uh, performance in his home 
test and he, it came across in his um, press conference as well as to how much it meant to him to score a century and uh, have a, such a great test all round uh, at his home ground. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the way he spoke about his cricket uh, just shows you how knowledgeable Ashwin is. It's so wonderful to listen to him. All his YouTube shows, you know, it, it's such a lovely time uh, to spend that 20-25 minutes watching his YouTube channels. And the way he talks about his cricket, you know, he spoke about how uh, when he started off, you know, as a teenager or even as a kid, he just came to Chennai and used to watch the matches from the stadium and he never envisioned the fact that fans would be cheering for him and uh, he dedicated this win, the man of the match performance that he got to the crowd. Uh, he even made a YouTube video after that. So, but fantastic that Ashwin scored the, that century. I think that was a lot more important than the five-wicket haul because it now adds true essence to him as an all-rounder because a lot of people were just looking at him as a bowler who could bowl on uh, dusty surfaces and even get some purchase on flat tracks. But um, now that he's a batsman, teams are going to be a lot more watchful because I think uh, when he when India did go to Australia uh, before the Sydney test, uh, they were they were very hopeful of skittling out the Indian tail after Rishabh Pant. But now I think teams will be very wary of what Ashwin brings to the table with the bat. Um, he's more of a complete all-rounder now, and uh, to see that he's worked on it so much uh, speaks volumes of how much he cherishes his cricket and. Um, Someone who values his wicket, values his cricket, understands his cricket is always an asset to Indian uh, cricket as a whole. So, fantastic to see the, the way he performed and uh, it can only mean good things for Indian cricket. And he carries on that tradition of uh, bowlers from the uh, South, uh, spinners especially, being great um, professors of the game. It reminds me when he talks a lot about uh, of uh, Anil Kumble and the way he talks about the game. Great insight, great knowledge. Um, proper uh, cricketing people, uh, if you can say that. But I have to mention one wicket that really cheered me up. Uh, you know, I really was so happy for this person, and that's Kuldeep's wicket, the first wicket he took. I know there was a drop crash from, uh, I think it was Siraj, they could have, but yep. I was so happy for him when he took that wicket. Absolutely. I mean, uh, even at work, you know, that's, that's the one thing we constantly discuss is how Kuldeep Yadav's Career has basically hit a downhill, so to say. You know, obviously, uh, you know he hasn't been in the context of things. He had a very poor IPL. Uh, there were even talks about him being dropped or even released by the Kolkata Knight Riders, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, he wasn't picked for the. I mean, he didn't play too much of the limited over series against Australia. Um, but but the way Rahane spoke about Kuldeep Yadav, saying your chance will come in India, and it certainly did. You know, but. Unfortunately, I feel he was slightly underbold, but uh, that's that's the sort of I think Virat Kohli uh, sort of preferred the finger spin over his spin, and uh, that's why he bowled Akshar Patel and Virat, and uh, Ashwin a lot more. Uh, but Kuldeep Yadav, you know, you could see the the joy on his face, the relief mm -hmm. he more when Rohit Sharma took that catch. Um, mm -hmm. It was great, and uh, I think Twitter was uh, really got back to life uh, when Kuldeep Yadav took that wicket and. It's very good for him because, you know, he was obviously low on confidence. Uh, he didn't get too much of a ball. But for him to take those wickets was very important. And, and I really hope, uh, I mean, I, I think he's the only one who can pretty much be made a scapegoat to get one more pacer in the bowling attack for the ping ball test. But um, we'll probably need to see how they sort of back him after that if they drop him. Um, and uh, yeah, I really hope that whenever he gets his next chance, he does very well. Absolutely, and hopefully they'll give a boost to his confidence. Uh, but I, you can see, like you meant, you said, you know what it meant to him, but also for the uh, players around him, they're so happy for him, and uh, none more so than uh, Zaraj, uh, who uh, dropped his catch. I think he was doubly happy for him as well. Um, one final thing before we look forward to the uh, ping ball test is the crowds. Um, how did you think that went? Because it was so, it was so good to see crowds in. And you can see they made a difference, even though it wasn't a capacity crowd or anywhere near it. You could hear them and you, they, they made a difference. And you can see Virat was enjoying having crowds back into the stadium. We mentioned, you know, it was maybe a small factor why England uh, didn't feel the pressure in the first test match. Uh, but it was so good to have the crowds back. How was it received in um, in India? Yeah, I think a lot of people had pitched tents uh, in front of the Chepok Stadium uh, to really get their tickets is what I heard. You know, the craze of cricket in India is unparalleled to anything else in the world. Um, you know, obviously, cricket in India is a huge thing, and especially in Chennai. And uh, 
a lot of times Ashwin himself has spoken about how knowledgeable the Chennai crowd is and uh, you know them singing happy birthday for Ben Fox I think would have been very special for the keeper batsman because um, you know obviously coming to India a country where cricket is basically a religion it's never easy to play a test match especially uh, with all the odds stacked against you but uh, to see the Chennai crowd uh, sort of egg on even the England players and you know uh, cheer for them when Ben Fox did that handstand I think the whole stadium erupted and uh, fantastic to see I think that's what cricket is all about you need to um cherish the good moments obviously test cricket has its challenges it can make you uh, a little bored but um, if you're a true cricket fan i think the chennai crowd really made, uh, set up a really good example of uh, how cricket should be taken to the masses and uh, how cricket should be perceived by the crowd and fantastic i think uh, it is very fitting that the chennai crowd was the first crowd in india to witness a cricket match in this post pandemic period and um, Uh, hopefully that continues even in the pink ball test because we're moving to a stadium which is very very massive and uh, uh, really need to see how the crowds come there and make some noise because I think each and every player is very excited. The England players have been posting videos every single day saying they're overwhelmed and uh, they're really looking forward to it and all of that. So uh, very very interesting to see how that pans out and hopefully we have a we have a very sizable crowd and they make uh, quite a bit of uh, noise there. I have said it before that you know as a Gujarati you know we're not full of uh, sporting talent it is growing I'm proud to say but it's not at par with other states in India but I've also said we're good at other things and one of the good things is building things and I've seen the pictures of the new Motera stadium oh my goodness that is on my bucket list now to go and see a T20 international or a one day international there or even the test match if I'm lucky enough that it looks an incredible stadium uh, without the crowds um with the crowds i can only imagine obviously we'll say in a few days i think you can correct me if i'm wrong here but i think they're going to allow capacity crowds there um but uh, that is an awesome new infrastructure that the uh, bcci and gujarat uh, cricket association have now got yeah i mean the stadium looks fantastic you know i mean it's massive and um, it's really low lying in some sense i don't think there are stands which are like too high up there and uh, uh you know people might need to bring binoculars to watch the match uh, <laughs> so in in some sense i think it's great to see that it's uh, it's almost at ground level and uh, probably slightly uh, the height of what uh, probably some uh, a stadium like uh, johannesburg is so great to see i think even uh, saurav gangli said that uh, he's hoping that there's 100% the tickets are 100% sold out and if that's the case then we can expect motera to become a cauldron of noise and uh, what more can a cricketer want than to see um the home crowds egg them on and uh, if i'm not wrong um, bumrah and akshar patel will be playing at home so uh, it is going to be great to see how that happens and obviously bumrah is a, 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 a prized asset in the indian team and uh, whenever he charges into ball uh, it's going to be absolutely magical so really can't wait to see that yeah and i can um when it starts i'm really looking forward to uh, the start of the game because i think they will have um a lot of uh, passion and the crowd noise and we'll see how the english boys prepare but i just want your thoughts i mean this is the second pink ball test in india and you can see why the australians are big fans of it um england's only hosted one i think back in the day against west indies uh, because of the conditions here it's not always perfect to have a uh, day night test match but i can understand the australians the weather's guaranteed and a lot of people have to work and go and um uh, attend the game but just the uh concept of a pink ball test uh, do you think it's uh vibe it's a good thing for india to do uh because i don't think they struggle to get crowds in as as is proven um at uh, chennai you know and elsewhere as well um do you think it's a reasoning for a pink ball test is there in india absolutely i mean um, i to be very honest i think if you see the crowds that come and watch domestic cricket um yeah you're going to see obviously 10 times or 15 times the same amount uh, that comes to international matches even if you have one player from the indian team uh, playing in that match everyone's going to come and watch so uh, i think i think in some sense it's iconic that the test match is happening the pink ball test match is happening in motera because it's like the perfect uh, you know curtain raiser to uh, pink ball test cricket and obviously the last time it happened the first time it happened rather was in eden gardens um where we pretty much blow away bangladesh but um mm-hmm. i think it is great to see that uh, the pink ball test is happening 
a lot of people have actually uh, looked for what the pink ball test is and uh, you know at uh, sports kira we basically try to give them a lot of analysis on what it is and uh, the sort of differences between the cricket uh, red ball cricket and pink ball cricket and um i think a lot of people will be very excited to see what happens day night cricket in india is uh, is not something that's that's very uh, it is conducted very often so it's going to be exciting for the fans and uh, hopefully we have a very good spectacle and uh, considering the might of the england team i think uh, it's going to be a very good contest Yeah, because the other reason for me asking you that question was whether it was suitable to have it in this test series. Because I understand, you know, it's the Maldera Stadium, but any first test in the new Maldera Stadium would have been incredible and will be incredible. But when you look at the pitches that we prepared in Chennai, obviously to win, and then we have a pink ball test, and you said quite rightly from the start, if there's one test that I'm what you were worried about as to how we would uh, get on is in this pink ball test because it'll bring the likes of Anderson and uh, Archer into it. um so that was my other reason for asking whether the pink ball test was required in this series and whether it's required generally in india but um, you've answered the second one but what about the first point of whether it was required in this series considering what's at stake yeah well i mean i i, I think in some sense it is always going to be a question of trying to bring some uh, something different in the test series because um obviously the pink ball test was always going to be a part of the test series when they conducted and where they conducted was going to be a question um obviously conducting the pink ball test in chennai wouldn't have been suitable because the pitch is completely suited only for the spinners so for um, for only ashwin and akshar patel to be bowling with the pink ball wouldn't have been ideal and uh, that's probably why they sort of moved it to the modera stadium where um you know again it's going to be a lot of variables people don't really know how the pitch is going to play There were only a handful of uh, side mushafali matches there, and you could see that there was slightly variable bounce, um, but at the same time there was quite some zip off the surface. So, with the way the Indian team and the England team are structured, you know, you could see you could see that the pacers will certainly come into play. Uh, Bumrah was practicing with the pink ball uh, during the breaks in the Chennai test, so it's going to be a very fascinating contest. And um, given that there isn't too much certainty certainty about how the pitch will play, how the surface will play, I think. Uh, it's going to be an even battle and that's why i said earlier on that uh, you know the pink ball test might really be a decisive factor in the series um and and from what you're saying obviously we'll see what the pitch is and i, I think they were saying there's um it's likely to be uh, favorable to the pace attack so we'll obviously we'll see bumrah back and i think that was a good decision to rest him in the second one um i'm not a big fan of rotation but i think that was a good uh, decision so he'll be back and you think he'll be yeah coming in as well well i don't see three spinners playing uh, oh you, you mean umesh yadav umesh yadav yeah yeah uh, given the fact that um, i i think uh, siraj probably wasn't bold too much in the previous test i'm not i mean probably umesh yadav is fit uh, obviously he has certainly play because uh probably among all the pacers that we have umesh swings the ball the most and uh, so umesh yadav obviously has that experience as well and um, if umesh shishant and bumra all three of them play then um, you know you have a lot of experience there and i think it's going to be very important because again as we discussed earlier there's going to be a lot of variables uh, people aren't really sure how the pitch is going to play uh, what's going to be a big differential on that surface so uh, experience is going to have a major say and i think if umesh is fit he's certainly going to walk into the side um and it's going to be the trio of umesh shishant and uh, bumrah and uh, you talk about a couple of gujaratis that were playing at home obviously we we can't forget cheteshwar um but what what's the chance of a fourth gujarati playing uh, disproving my point about gujaratis in sport um pandya coming into the team yeah I, i'm not sure how they really going to fit uh, hardik in the side uh, you know they they might just uh, go with the same batting order uh because none of them have done any wrong you know you can't really drop gill and uh, rohit sharma you can't drop kohli rahane and uh, pujara for sure and rishabh pant giving you batting at six and uh, after that there's pant and akshar patel so uh, unless they're okay with going with uh, this one spinner uh, i absolutely don't see any reason why akshar patel should be dropped um so it's going to be ashwin and akshar and then after that you need to have your three pacers so i don't really see hardik pandya finding a spot in this 11 right away uh they might probably choose to rest um you know maybe I don't, i'm not sure they, they might just want to rest someone like ishan sharma for the final test and uh, you know make a couple of changes which is when they probably might want to get hardik pandya but for the next pink ball test i think they're going to stick with that top 6 and uh, they're going to play three pacers and two spinners
Brilliant. And again, wind points is uh, what we've always said, the incredible bench strength um, India have. And talking about bench strength, and you mentioned Rishabh uh, now all of a sudden becoming our number one uh, wicketkeeper batsman in the Test Series. But there's another wicketkeeper batsman who's made an uh, incredible start to the Vijay Hazare Trophy. Um, a young man from Mumbai, but playing for Jharkhand, which you need to explain to me. Um, he plays for Mumbai Indians, I think. I'm not sure about his, uh, obviously, he plays for Jharkhand in the test, in the uh, Ranji Trophy. Is that why he's playing for Jharkhand? You need to clarify that one for me. And we know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, Ishan Kishan is from Jharkhand and uh, he has captained Jharkhand in the past. So, um, that's the thing, that's the beauty about IPL, you know, the scouts travel all over the country, they travel all over the world. Uh, they pick the best of talent from uh, all over the country and uh, the Mumbai Indians are at the peak of that talent scouting. I think uh, if, if anyone asks me who's the best talent, which is the best talent scout team in the country even, so to say, I think Mumbai Indians are way above than any other team. And uh, the, the way they've backed their talent, Ishan Kishan, they picked Bumra Pandya and the Pandya brothers at the time and they were pretty much nothing. You know, They were just youngsters um, who were just starting off in their careers and for them, and for the three of them to have represented India and to continue representing India is a huge testament to the way the Mumbai Indians have really grown as a as a team and uh, you know the way that they backed their players. So Ishan Dishan is from Jharkhand, but uh, he was picked by the Mumbai Indians in the auction, and uh, that's why he plays for them. But uh, fantastic innings. Unfortunately, he couldn't view it on TV, but uh, uh, followed it in and out uh, throughout you know uh, on the BCCI website. So. Great innings. Unfortunately, he couldn't get to the uh, 200, but uh, I'm sure, given his form, we might just see him cross that uh, barrier sometime. Yeah, and it just reinforces the bench strength. The young wicketkeeper batsman there, 173 of 90 old balls, uh, and 400, I think, his team got. But what a way to kick off that tournament and bring um, media attention to that trophy as well, because there's not going to be a lot of domestic cricket. Um, uh, but um, Vijay Azare will be, people will be looking at that now. And obviously, uh, your state is the defending uh, champions on that one. Um, what, what do you think of the, the chances of them retaining it? Well, we're not after the ideal start. Uh, we <laughs> fell to a six wicket loss against Uttar Pradesh. Uh, you know, obviously, to be very honest, I think the batting's a little uh, batting's a little off uh, since the side Mushtaq Ali started. Uh, in the power play, even in this match, 15 overs, we just got close to, I think, about 35, 30-35 runs. That's about it. Um, and that's, that's really not ideal. You know, the power play overs are there for you to sort of accelerate and score how much of it you can and sort of set a base. And um, yeah, this is not test cricket that they're playing. Uh, I hope that approach changes really because... Uh, 246 nowadays is, is a nothing total in 50 overs cricket. You know, you can't really do much with that. Um, and despite the fact that the Uttar Pradesh didn't have Suresh Raina, they still managed to get that far. And unfortunately, here in Bangalore, it's raining. And so the match had to be called off early. Otherwise, I think Karnataka still were in with a chance. Um, Uttar Pradesh needed something around 30 odd runs from the last five overs, and I could have gone either way. So uh, unfortunately, off to a rather poor start, and uh, hopefully, they do pick up and uh, put on a good show. Uh, yeah, and uh, but I know deep down that uh, I get this asked quite a bit, being a Leicester fan, if there's one trophy, which one would you like to win? But I know deep down you want to win the IPL 14 uh, for RCB, so if Kanataka don't progress in the Vijay Azara, but bring home the IPL, you'll be a happy man. So, yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens. And to be honest, we have won the Vijay Azare and we have won the Saibun Sakali. We have won the Ranji Trophy. So I'll certainly take a maiden IPL win for sure in that thing. <laughs> and thanks to you, the chances have improved because you got your main man in. So that's that's the <laughs> big thing. So uh, uh, going into the IPL 14 with a lot of hope. So fantastic. Brilliant. Really enjoyed uh, this week. Uh, as always, it's phone by. Uh, I think we've gone slightly over, but that's because we had so much to talk about. But um, uh, lots to look forward to as well. Um, inc incredible uh, pink ball uh, test match coming up at this incredible stadium. I'm really looking forward to it, and we'll talk about it in our next show. Well, you stay safe, my friend, and um, continue um, uh, influencing the powers that be because you're making a big difference, and it's for the good of the game as well. Thank you, my friend. Stay safe.
for those of you hearing birds the birds very very kind uh, i don't think i have any powers whatsoever it was just wishful thinking i think a lot of rtb fans honestly wanted maxwell in the side for that very factor but uh, yeah i mean as as always uh, fantastic to talk to you about cricket uh, i think a lot of very interesting insights as well so thanks again for having me and uh, really looking forward to our next chat uh, take it really i'm take care my friend